And as we have this time together, may it be a precious time together as we realize what it is. Although our earthly fathers have not always dealt well with us, and sometimes our hearts might be twisted because of what we experienced with our earthly fathers, but with thee, our heavenly Father, thou proved thy love for us through thy well-beloved Son and through your marvelous grace, grace upon grace. Praise thy holy name. And so we just commit this time to thee in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I'd like to read uh, from verses uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, I'm sorry. I mean, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, I'm sorry. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now notice this next verse. Having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. The general definition of adoption is it, it's a legal process by which a man might bring into his family and endow him with the privilege of a son, one who was not by nature his son or of his kindred. There are three cases of this kind of adoption in the scripture. Can you tell me who they are? Moses, very good. Exodus, um, it's in Exodus chapter 2, verse 10. Who else? How about Esther? She was, uh, her, her family died and Mordecai, uh, he um, adopted her. And there's one more. Uh, who? No, uh, the, the, you, won't, you wouldn't know it. It's Genubath. He was the a son of Hadad, and Hadad was the enemy of Solomon, and they became friends with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and so Pharaoh adopted Hadad's son, Jehovah. And that's the three illustrations in the scripture. Adoption was a common thing in the Greco-Roman world. Childless parents would uh, often adopt a slave, and if the slave would exemplify a character that would bring merit to the family... Uh, then uh, they would adopt, even among the emperors of Rome. According to uh, the Wycliffe Bible Dictionary, uh, during the reign of Caesar Augustus, uh, he had no heir fit for the throne. So what he would do, he would uh, take someone that uh, he had a liking to and make him an heir. And then when that heir died, he would get somebody else. And when you read Luke chapter 3, uh, verse 1, the Caesar there was Caesar Tiberius. He was in the 15th year of his reign, and he 
was the son, the adopted son of Caesar Augustus. I find that very interesting. That's you know when to share. In our own country, for years, there have been adopted agent, uh, adoption agencies through. Can, can, is there any overhead light here? Thank you, Anthony. Thank you. As I started saying, in our own country, for years, there have been adoption agencies through whom families who desire to adopt a child. Uh, can go uh, through that process necessary to adopt, whether it be a son or daughter. I get correspondence from one of them, the David Thomas Foundation for Adoption in uh, Dublin, Ohio, whose founder was adopted, adopted himself. Is that amazing? He who was adopted starts this adoption agency in Dublin, Ohio. And uh, in that report, there's 115,000 children that are in foster care that need a home. When you, make, when you look at a spiritual application, that is, how awful it is not to have a spiritual home. But we came from children never had a physical home. Think if we didn't have a spiritual home. You can't do a study like this without have a sense of great gratitude for our Heavenly Father, who chose us before the foundation of the world. Nothing good about us. It was just his sovereign will. And it's he who draws to the Savior. We, on our own will, didn't uh, cry out to the Lord. He drew us. No one can come to the Savior unless uh, the Father draws us. And then um, I get a lot of mail showing the plight of children around the world. And as I mentioned to some of you before, Iran is a, a pitiful sight of children running hither and thither, Trying just to exist, just trying to stay alive. And I use that as a spiritual uh, uh, illustration of some, that how awful it is to run hither and thither and not have any knowing uh, about uh, what uh, eternity. Yes, I want you to, and I, I had this note down here, I want you to think of the billions of people running to and fro, trying to find meaning to life, blinded by the God of this world, and basing their eternal future on a false God. Which leads us to a study today, the doctrine of adoption, the only way of membership into God's eternal family. At one time, and I think it's good to see, until you understand what we were, You'll never get any appreciation of what we have in, in, the, in the Lord Jesus. And so what I've done, I have done, I have seven scripture references that speak of what we were at one time. And just to involve you, uh, starting here with uh, Valerie, I want you to take Ephesians 2.2, 2, where it shows we're spiritual dead in sin. Marce, Marcy, uh, take uh, Romans 8, 7, 7, not subject to God's law. Uh, Tony, Philippians 3, 18, the belly governs. Ephesians 2, 2, direction of life, the course. Oh, did I didn't give anybody. And Marva, take Philippians 3, 18. And, uh, um, okay, yeah, take, count to me, you take that. And Hadisa. Uh, you take this in Ephesians 2, 2, direction in life. Uh, it's the course of this world. And then 1 John 3, 4, sin is a practice. In other words, when we are not children of the Most High, then we are the, like those who practice sin. 
And then um, in Second um, Timothy 4.10, uh, Darnell, um, it shows how, an uh, example of those who love this present world and... Uh, uh, does anyone, did anyone I didn't give to? Okay, I, I want you to take Ephesians chapter, uh, John eight forty four, deceived like Pharisees about sonship and God. And this is, there are so many religious people who think they're all right with God, but they're like, they've deceived themselves like the Pharisees have done them. They thought they, because they were the children of Abraham, they thought they were sons of God, but they weren't. They were children of the devil, as you will find as he reads. So begin, you begin. Ephesians 2, 2. Where in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Romans 8, 7. See, that's the nature of one, an unsaved person. The nature of an unsaved person, he doesn't want to be under the authority of God. Uh, Philippians 3.18. But, uh, but, that, but doesn't it say about their belly was their uh, glory? Then go to 319. That's what I meant. Now this was mentioned before, but repeat again, I want you to see the direction of life. Who has the Ephesians 2.2? Okay, read it. I have that down because that was me for many years. The direction of life was the here and now, and sports was my idol. That's reason I got. I wanted to emphasize that. Uh, then um, uh, John, First um, uh, John three nine. Who has First John three nine? In other words, sister. Uh, we, it doesn't matter how much we say with our mouth. If we continue to practice sin, we're not of the family of God. Uh, that has to be made very clear. And then uh, we go on to Second uh, Timothy four ten. Yeah. Now, can you imagine? Oh, can you imagine exchanging eternal glory because you love this present world that's passing away? Can you imagine how blind you are by the God of this world to choose this present world for a few years of, 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 of pleasing the flesh and giving up eternal glory? And yet, many of them do that. And then uh, John eight forty four. Uh,
How awful to think that because we made a profession of faith, we have eternal assurance of the life to come. But I tell you, there are millions upon millions of people who made a profession of faith that are deceived just like the Pharisees were. They thought they were the children of God, but they were the children of them. And that's why Jesus said to them, you're the children of the devil. Okay, we continue on. Um, uh, it's, you see, um, uh, we are children of wrath by nature, but the power of the gospel can change our lives. And I knew that on October 24, 1966. I never get weary about referring to my own conversion because it was like going from darkness to light, from, from deadness to life. Uh, for the first time I was alive, I knew what it was like to be loved, and I was so thankful that God had mercy upon me to put me through the trial of my wife divorcing me. Look at number one here. Regeneration does what? Give spiritual life. Okay, I just let that out, but I wanted to involve you. Number two, described uh, in Romans 8, 14, uh, I'm sorry, justification gives what? Okay, a new standing, but what kind of a new standing? A legal standing, right. Says right. And number uh, three, in adoption, what? God, right, makes us members of his eternal family. Praise his name. Now look under A. Adoption as unveiled in the scriptures, the evidence of sonship. For time's sake, I'm going to quote some of these verses. And I'm going to just throw out some questions to you. John 1.12, you know, it says, it starts by saying, He was in the world, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But to as many as them that received him, to them he gave the power, the authority to become the children of God. You see, there, that verse there speaks of adoption. Because it's not until... We give our lives to Jesus Christ that we're adopted into his family. We're going to go a little later about what that, what that ingredient is. And then uh, uh, here on, uh, um, um, and, and oh, by the way, isn't that interesting? The Apostle John, he begins by speaking about the adopted family or how to get in the family of God. And the end, he says in John 20, 31, these things have I written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He begins and he ends on the same note. Then, um, at, at number two, uh, described in Romans 8, 14 to 17. Um, uh, read that, uh, Anthony, 8, 14 to 17. Romans 8, 14 to 17. This sums it all up. It's 17. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of slavery, leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, and as children, heirs also, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. We can say, Abba, Father, because we have His Spirit dwelling in us. We couldn't say that if we didn't have, or we could say it with our mouth. 
But no, uh, 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 when we have the Spirit of God in us, the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are adopted children. Now look here at the titles given to, because of time's sake, I'm just going to, uh, uh, I want to go back to, uh, wait till we come to the privileges of the children of God. Uh, I'm just going to just uh, give general terms here. And titles given to those adopted, Ephesians 2, 9, fellow citizens uh, of the household of God. Romans 8, 29, we're brethren. Um, in, uh, 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 in Ephesians 3, uh, 4, we are of the family of God through Jesus Christ. Um, in um, um, uh, uh, Galatians 3, 7, we're children of, uh, it, it speaks, we're children of Abraham. And then uh, uh, in, in that, no, it's in 1 Peter 3, 5, we're daughters of Sarah. These are general terms, but uh, I, I, I'm hurrying through this because I want to spend time on the privileges the privileges that we have as adopted children. That is so good. Just bear with me till we get to there. Under, uh, look under four. Relationship to Christ. Hebrews 2, 16 said, and I'm just going to, uh, instead of, I want to involve you when we get to, I'm going to go through this very quickly. In Ephesians, um, in Hebrews 2, 16, 17, we were of his nature. In other words, he took upon himself our nature. And, uh, and, and so that he became one like, uh, he, but here is something very important. Uh, look here, it's a, the note, the distinction Christ makes. I want someone to turn to John twenty seventeen. I, I, this is I, this is important. John twenty seventeen. You got it, Darnell. 2017, yeah. Why doesn't he say... Uh, why doesn't he include himself in that our God? Why doesn't he say our Father, our God? Why doesn't he say he's making a distinction because his relationship to God is different than ours and his relationship to the Father is different than ours. That's why he makes that distinction there and I want you to see that. And then, um, uh, then I have down here um, uh, the divine witnesses. We just talked about that. Uh, and we're going to pick up 1 John 3, uh, 1, 2 for time's sake when we get a little bit further. When will be the completion of our adoption? Read it. Uh, uh, read uh, 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 Romans eight twenty three. This is good. Just think what lies ahead of us. You can't be a child of God and not really be excited about being a son of God. Just think the day comes when we will be just like Jesus. Just think of that. 
will just be like Jesus. Isn't that a wonderful, wonderful anticipation to know that one day with all our limitations of these earthly tabernacles, one day we'll be free, 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 and never come under the things that I'm going through right now. And, and so your infirmities, we will be free, free just like he is. Just think of that. I mean, it, shouldn't that energize some, something within you to know that one day we'll be like him as an adopted son and then we will be completely free of all these things that uh, bring us shame. And uh, Let's go down here to B. Um, and, and, yeah. No. When when will our adoption be complete? But I think once we are called, once we are saved, once we are justified, we are reconciled at that moment, at that time. But we still are in these earthly tabernacles. I know, but that's a different to me. That's a different. No, yeah, but I'm. Uh, I'm uh, uh, sister, I can understand where you're coming from, but I, I would not oppose uh, uh, the writer of this. Uh, uh, what was his name? Gene Grudem. Grudem. He said, our adoption will take place when we become exactly like Jesus. That's what he's saying. Well, I mean, it, it, you know, it's just a point of, uh, of uh, the way we look at it. But in the sense that if we're sons of daughter now, we're not complete in the sense that we're still not, we still are in these earthly tabernacles. But when our ad- adoption is complete, we'll be exactly like the son of God. What's that? A little bit louder. How we see in part, but then face to face. Yeah. Exactly. You know why I didn't pick that up? We're going to pick that later up, but we'll do it now. There's three groanings in Scripture. You know what they are? The groaning of creation. The creation groans till we're set free by the children of liberty. And the third groaning, and this groaning here, our personal groaning till we have our redemptive bodies. And the third groaning is the groaning of the Holy Spirit in Romans eight twenty six. Yes. Right, right, right. I hope that helped you a little bit because uh, that helps to clarify because he just quoted from uh, Romans uh, 8.23. Right, right. Okay, well, let's continue on. Uh, not fully realized uh, in the old covenant. You see, uh, the, uh, the old... Uh, and here's why I really love the Jew. You can't read the Old Testament. You see, the law was their schoolmaster. They, uh, I asked the question, says, what was missing? Look at verse 4. What was missing? They didn't have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would come upon some of the men that did great things, but the Holy Spirit did not indwell them. And so, therefore, uh, when you think of the, the life of the Old Testament believer, as he had to put up with uh, offerings, 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 if anything going clean, he had to stay outside the camp, you just realize what, what blessing we have as New Testament believers. 
And um, that's really, um, they haven't fully realized. Yes, they're called the children of God, and the Father still referred to them as, 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 as Father in Isaiah 43, 6 and 7, Isaiah 63, 16, and Malachi 2, 10. We won't take the time to look at that, but um, he referred to them as Father. And there's still one family, Old Testament, New Testament, we are all the children of Abraham. And uh, that makes it very plain in uh, um, in. Uh, in the, um, Galatians 3, 7. Uh, let's go down to B. What does, when does adoption take place? Does it take place at regeneration? Grudem says no. Because, we, um, yes, we're made spiritually alive, but uh, we're not adopted. At conversion, yes, we went from darkness to light, but we're not converted. And I'll tell you when we are converted. I recorded one verse, John 1, 12, to as many as them who received him, to them he gave the right, the power to become the children of God. It's by faith. And Galatians 3, 26 makes it very plain. Would you read it? Uh, uh, okay. Um, uh, Tanya, read Galatians 3, 26. It makes it very plain when we become adopted children of God. Yes. Galatians 3.26. That's what we become. If we can make that clear, we become children of God when we, by faith, grasp Him as our Savior, our Lord, our God, and our King. That's when we come by faith. That's when we are adopted into the family of God. And we have to understand that. It's not a verbal profession of faith. It's when by faith we lay hold of him. Any question on that? Well, if not, let's continue on. Uh, I have some other things there, but I want to spend as much time as I can on the, um, uh, on the uh, um, privilege. Look under C. The distincting nature of the doctrine of adoption. Soteriology is a big word for all the component parts in salvation. And let's look at it. Justification is the act of a merciful judge setting the prisoner free with a legal standing of righteousness. But adoption is the act of God the Father in his amazing grace, taking one he has declared righteous as a son to his bosom, endowing him with liberty, favor, and eternal heritage. Do you see the difference between justification and adoption? Can you see that? Why, uh, uh, why justification uh, does not make us a child of God? God can declare us righteous, but there is nothing there that shows that we belong to him. I, I, don't, I can see by the looks in your face you don't grasp that. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But nobody, once you start the process of adoption, whatever, nobody can come and claim that child to adopt that child. 
to pro- just to build what you said, a family can give up their child for adoption. And when that child is illegally adopted, that child cannot go back to it. That's exactly what you were saying there. Okay. And don't you see the security we have in, in God the Father? That when he adopts us, we're, we're children forever? Nothing can break that. Okay, uh, come down here to um, the next one. Uh, go over to the second page. Sanctification describes the process of cleansing and growth of one born of the Spirit in the general sense. But adoption, like it says in 1 Corinthians 6.10, that we were all these terrible things, but God, by, but in Jesus Christ, you're washed, you're sanctified, you're set apart from that which condemns. And then there's a process of sanctifying as we live out our lives. Then our final sanctification takes place when we're perfect in glory. But here, um, in, uh, uh, but here, notice what it says. Is, but adoption brings one into that personal relationship with God as Father that is expressed to the Father in love, loyalty, and obedience, and fellowship anchored in devotion to Him. See, that's the, and the fact that we are children of the Father will show as our love and devotion to our Father. That's the distinction between sanctification and adoption. Yes, we're getting, more, getting rid of the old grave clothes, but here in adoption, it's becoming more like our Father. Then third, regeneration we know as a new birth is receiving a spiritual life within all who are born again, but in adoption, there is a personal unbreakable relationship, a man to God. I referred to that before. Nothing can break that. His forever. I mean, that in itself should encourage us to know that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. And then the last one. Adoption was no afterthought of God, as we just read in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5. Adoption was no afterthought of God or of those he would adopt, for it was determined before he said, let there be light, Genesis 1-3. And we find that in Ephesians 1-5. It was in eternity past that his gracious love was set on those foreordained unto adoption as sons through Jesus Christ unto himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, according to Ephesians 1-5. Now, both, yes. No, see, all this I said before, you probably knew part of it before. But now I want to get to what is really, uh, look at this, the privilege of adoption. Look at that first one. We'll never be condemned by the law. We have an advocate in heaven, don't we? Any charge brought against us, First uh, John 2, 2, we have an advocate, uh, he never lost the case. Praise his name. When we belong, when we're adopted sons of, uh, of God, uh, we will never come under condemnation. John 5, 24 says that, uh, that um, he that heareth my words and believeth him that sent me uh, uh, shall not come under condemnation, but has life uh, everlasting in, in the Lord. Look at two. Proof of his love. And how many of you have been disciplined by the Lord? Is there anyone here who's never been disciplined by the Lord? Well, the evidence that we belong to the Lord is because we disciplines us. So, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and I, I want someone to, um, uh, Tony, uh, would you get uh, 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 Hebrews uh, chapter 12, 
uh, five to twelve, not all the verses, but till we can see the evidence that we are children of God, that he shows his love to us because he disciplines us. And uh, Proverbs uh, 3, 5, and 6, I memorized it at one time, but it says, uh, do not be uh, weary of God's chastening, because whom he loves, he chastens. And uh, Revelation chapter 22, uh, verse uh, 17, 18, or 19, says, as many as I love, I rebuke. That's the evidence. In other words, do not be weary of the chastening void. That's evidence that he loves you. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses your son? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be wary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son. Okay, okay. Now, look, now, I want you to look with me here. Relating to each other's brethren. Uh, 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 look at this. Romans 1, uh, 16, uh, 1 is w- as a sister. Uh, in um, verse 8, uh, 16, beloved. Verse 15, saints. 1 Corinthians 7, 15, as brethren. Philippians 4, 3, as a yoke fellow. Philippians 2, uh, Philemon 2, just as uh, our pastor spoke on it, a fellow soldier. Uh, in Ephesians 2.19, fellow citizens. Matthew 12.15, brother, sister, and mother. Our Lord said that himself. If uh, we're in the will of the Father, we can't be in the will of the Father unless we're children of the Most High. Uh, Ephesians 5.8, children of the light. 1 Thessalonians 5.5, 5, child of the day. Philippians 2.15, sons of God. That's very quickly, but it's just all the titles that we got to as adopted children of God. Now look under four. We're under the care of ministering spirits. I want you to look back over your lives and think of all the times that you were delivered from something that could have great, great harm to you. Just think of that. This old man in his lifetime, on the, just to show you, uh, uh, many times have passed, but uh, it was, on, uh, it was in, uh, uh, April 20, 19, uh, that, uh, uh, 19, uh, 1990, that I was, um, at my Daisy called me up. We had to go, we were to be married that Saturday, and we were to go out, and uh, uh, I had to go out to her home to, uh, to go over some last minutes. And on the way home, this was on uh, April 19th, 1990, I fell asleep on the Brooklyn Queens Expressway. And I woke up as I'm making an entrance into the, uh, the, the bridge. What's that bridge? Not before, not the. Uh, not the Brooklyn Bridge, the bridge before that. No, 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 in Brooklyn. Not the, not the Verrazano. Oh. It, 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 it's, oh my. Well, it, it was, it, it, uh, there's three bridges. It's the first bridge. The entrance to the first bridge. Anyway, I got awake. I somehow I exited on the exit path, and I got awake just in time. I was ready to hit the abutment uh, 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 this bridge. There's two pathways going over into uh, Manhattan, and I got awake just in time before I smashed into that abutment. You don't forget things like that, but I want you to think of your own lives, how many times you were delivered uh, where you saw unmistakably the hand of God. These are ministering spirits that watch over us and keep us till God calls us home. 
You can't, you can't, your heart can't just overflow with thanksgiving when you realize that the care, that's the privilege, the, the care that God gives to each one of us. I give to you so many, many uh, illustrations, but I, can't, I have no excuse. God has been so, yes. Yes, yes, yes. It's a William, bless your heart. It was a Williamsburg Bridge. Yes, thank you, sister. That was the bridge that I was uh, uh, exited at. I'll never forget that. I, I couldn't remember the name. That was very kind of you. Thank you. Thank you, Laverne. Okay, next, we'll look at the next one. Look uh, under five. To be always looked upon as a son because of the S O N. In other words, they're ones whom the Lord takes up, he will never give up. To think that we'll always be a son or a daughter in his eyes. I mean, you might think, yeah, I know that, but let it get a hold of you. Let it get a hold of you to know that you'll be part of that eternal family of God forever. No, I'm, you see, I've known these truths for a long time, but the older I get, the more precious they are to me. And I want them to be precious to you, too. Under, um, notice the next six. The privilege of prayer at the throne of grace. Where do we go to when we're in emergency? Throne of grace, right? Supposing we had no, throne, supposing we had no one to go to. Supposing we had to just go to someone like ourselves. But we have one who knows all about our problem. And you know, l- let me make this personal. I told you that... Uh, just to show you how precious he is, I'll use a, an illustration of my uh, infirmity. Some of you know, but I'm going to tell the rest. Uh, when, when my procedure was declined on May 5th, uh, because it was uh, $60,000 and the insurance company wouldn't cover it, as soon as I, they, the hospital called me, they said they're going to uh, uh, um, approach them again, see if they can't change their mind. And my prayer was, uh, Lord, th- Lord, don't let them change their mind. I'm going to depend upon you. Well, a couple of days later, I uh, thought, no, I better go. And uh, I know some have told you this, but I'm going to tell the rest. Uh, I thought, maybe I better check with uh, the doctor to see if there's another way. And on the way to the doctor, it, the, uh, it occurred to me, no, I prayed. I can't. I turned around and came back. Well, this week, Monday and Tuesday, I was having a difficult time. And I better go to the doctor and find out. I said, no, I'm going to trust the Lord. These last two days have been wonderful. I'm just so thankful. I mean, you can't experience God in such a personal way that you can't get excited about him. My, I have no excuses. I mean, he has shown me so much grace to this old sinner saved by grace. And I love him so much for it. Look under here. Provision. Has he not he taken care of you? Didn't he not say in Matthew chapter 6, 31, 32, he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, I'll take care of the rest. Didn't he say that? Look here at um, 8. The privilege of suffering for his namesake, the gospel. Romans 8, 17, we just uh, read and 18, we read that in the beginning. Acts 5, 41, uh, they called it a privilege And this morning in my devotions, listen to what I'm going to read to you about being willing to suffer. 
uh, I came across to him and by uh, a soldier of the cross. Listen to these words, and this is Father's Day, and this is mostly to fathers, but to everyone too. Am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb, and shall I fear to own his cause or blush to speak his name? Must I be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease while others fight to win the prize and sail through bloody seas? Are there no foes for me to face? Must I not stem the flood? In this vile world, a friend of grace to help me on to God? Since I must fight, if I would reign, increase my courage, Lord. I'll bear the toil, endure the pain, supported by thy word. The cross is not greater than his grace. The storm cannot hide his blessed face. I am satisfied to know that with Jesus here below, I can conquer every foe. Let us be willing to suffer like Pastor Bob said this morning. Uh, those 46 have been slaughtered this week in Nigeria because they gathered together to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Let us have, be willing to suffer for the Lord for His name's sake, counting it a privilege like they did in the first church, in the early church. And isn't it interesting, these three cent, uh, the first three centuries, the, the Roman government tried to stamp out Christianity, but it only exploded. And these last three centuries, the same thing is happening. That way we know the Lord is soon coming back. Come back here to uh, number 10. Um, we have an internal witness. And, uh, and I'm going to ask this question. Does the Holy Spirit in you bear witness that you are a child of God? You have to ask yourself that question. Does the Spirit of God in you bear witness that you are a child, with your spirit that you're a child of God? And that's in Romans uh, 8. We read that a little bit earlier. We won't take the time to go that, uh, but that we read that a little bit earlier. And if we have an internal witness, are we being led by the Spirit? Or are we going our own way? If we're led by the Spirit, that means that we have a right, just like the Lord Jesus. He was led of the Spirit to the wilderness there after his baptism. He was always led. He never did anything in his own. In, in our Lord's humanity, I want you to get this. In our Lord's humanity, he never did anything on his own. His teaching, his preaching, he never did anything. He was always under the subjection of the Father. And he gave us an example that that we're, where we are to be as sons of God. We're to imitate him. He gave us an example to follow. Okay, let's get back here. Um, and then the Lord's compassion upon his own. The Lord knoweth our frame that we're as dust. And as a father pities the children, so he pitieth us, for he knows our frame. We're like the dust of the ground, like the flower of the field that soon bloweth away. So much does he love us. And then next, um, uh, 11, the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know what it says, and I won't take time to, in, 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 uh, in uh, Luke chapter um, Luke chapter eleven thirteen, it says, um, if if a father if you ask a father uh, for a piece of bread, he won't give you a stone. He said, if you ask for, uh, uh, I can't what the other, he won't give you a serpent. But then he said, as if you're children of God, you can ask for the Holy Spirit. You know what I take out to mean? When we have the Holy Spirit in us, we can ask for more. In other words, as children, we can ask him for more of the Holy Spirit to control of our lives. That's exactly what Jesus said. As children of God, a lot of us are not spirit-filled. We're not spirit-filled because we only live 
When, uh, and if we want more of the Holy Spirit, then let him have control. As a, see, that's the privilege of the adopted child. And then, um, and then notice the future inheritance. And for time's sake, we just have a few minutes yet. Let me quote it. have a glorious future and, and, and we should not go along like we're enduring the Christian life but we're enjoying the Christian life we're living the Christian life and then notice uh, our labor is not in vain of the Lord be steadfast or unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord for you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord 1 Corinthians 15 58 in other words regardless of what you do it's not in vain it counts for the kingdom. And then notice the privilege of Ephesians 5.1. It says we're to be imitators of God. And I'm going, how do we be imitators of God? I have another verse there, 1 Peter 1, 14 to 16. How can we be imitators of God? The more I major in what I'm just saying, the more joyful life is. Because you know why? His presence is more real to you. His presence is so real to you. You want to. You you want more of him. And then uh, notice the 15. The mercies of the Lord are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. We get wake up in the morning. We might have a difficult day, but it's mercy that He kept you during the night. It's mercy. Every day is a gift of his grace. We don't earn it. It's a gift of his grace. And so we enjoy it. We, we live for him that day. And then notice our future home. Romans 8, uh, Romans 22, 1, 1 and 2. Just, I'm closer to departing than you are. But just think what lies ahead. A new heaven. children of the most high God and so we want to live for him and enjoy him and let our worship be from the heart and not uh, uh, perfunctory and then uh, notice our future home look here uh, I want you all to turn this look turn to to first John uh, 3 1 to 3 look all of you turn to first John 3 1 to 3 
Tony, read it, please. Read it slow. This is so precious. 1 John 3, 1 to 3. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Can you sing with me that doxology? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Praise his wonderful name. Amen. Yes, I forgot that. Okay, uh, it's time. Uh, I, these questions, I'm not going to take for past time, but uh, thank you for being with us. I want you to, at home, answer all these questions, okay? And, Tony, close in prayer. 